When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, hello there, dear viewer and listener. And today we're talking about Switzerland. Not cheese, not chocolate, but watches. And is Switzerland still the best? Or is the rest of the world caught up? If you're looking for a watch, whether it's from Switzerland or anywhere else, come to watchfinder.com. Um, Tom, you and I, um, after we had that pushing fight in the car park the other day, I think it's time to reconcile our differences, but we need a mediator. And so I've invited friend and previous guest of the show, Mr. James Britton McVeigh. Is it McVeigh Britton or Britton McVeigh? I never remember. Mate, I don't know anymore. I think I've dropped the Britton altogether at this point. Like, I don't even know what my handle is anymore. James McVeigh or James Britton McVeigh. I don't know, man. Whatever you want. I'm done. Well, I've got mild dyslexia, so I thought Andrew had booked James McAvoy for the podcast. Mate, okay. (laughs) Right. This is a, a little side note before we get into it. I cannot tell you how many things I get tagged in every time James McAvoy releases a movie. Like, it's always, you know, like you can, they, they put the poster up and then it's like tagged and then you put me on there. Because I don't think James sure. McAvoy has, or he didn't, he didn't used to have Instagram, not sure if he does now. But to the point now, I get like fans of James McAvoy DM me. I reply pretending to be James McAvoy and they still don't know that it's not him. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's funny. I love it. I love it. Uh, oh, hopefully you get some uh, casting calls and stuff like that and end up in the movies. That'd be amazing. You look very different off camera. Strange. <laughs> um, well, for those of you living under a rock, this is the artist currently known as James. Uh, check out his links in the description below. Lots of music out there from the Vamps and some uh, some other interesting projects coming up too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, OnlyFans, man. It's, it's kicking off. I mentioned it, I think, last time, but... Um... <laughs> We're very close to releasing. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, yeah, oh. I've been working on some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll, well, you, you've already got the content, Andrew. I don't know what you're moaning about. Um, <laughs> I've been working on some stuff alongside the band, uh, and um, now my my voice is nearly back to normal. I yeah, probably going to put some music out in the uh, in the late summer, which no one knows about until now. So um, here we go. Yeah, Lovely. and still no one knows about because nobody watches this show. <laughs> Scoop, sort of. <laughs> Tom, um, to, to get to the topic at hand, we're talking about non-Swiss watches. Um, mm. You've had a recent phase of discovery of like the old guard, Patek Philippe, Vacheron, Constantin, Audemars Piguet, all of those guys, and you've been led to believe the Holy Trinity, those are the best guys in the world. But then sure. we started talking about things like Grand Seiko, Langenzona. How much of a revelation was all that? Were you disappointed slightly? Or were you excited for a, a possibility of the future? 
Yeah, excited. I think it's interesting because um, in in different industries, I think there is a geography bias. I think in with films, you know, it's Hollywood is where it's at. With watchmaking, Switzerland is very, very ardently where it's at. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why that is. Presumably because they started it, and that's <laughs> that, well, that would be my guess. I'll throw in a little bit of history for you, something you might not know. So the watchmaking hubs were England and France. But right. because those industries grew up, they became too expensive and uh, parts started to be outsourced around the world. And Switzerland was one of the places that started making parts for those watches, like cheaper parts, cheaper crapper parts, to be honest. And the way they got their name in the watchmaking game was to make fake watches. Oh, So the Swiss started oh. off making fake English, fake French, and, and, and fake German watches too. So, uh, yeah, they, they kind of, you've got to fake it till you make it, as they say. Speaking of which, um, James, you, mm. um, you tour the world quite a lot. You go to a lot of different countries. What was your discovery, first of watches, and then of watches that weren't made in Switzerland? I kind of started from, well, as loads of people know, my father-in-law got me into watches, and he had... From the off, Seiko, um, but also Halios, which I thought was really interesting, which is like a Canadian little thing going on up there um, where they do very sort of small batch releases and you wait about eight years for each, for each watch because Jason, I think, is amazing but has issues with uh, with <laughs> with get, acquiring parts and things. But So I, I knew from the off there was like, you know, oh, this is like Rolex, this is Tudor doing this, but also over here we have, um, you know, Seiko, but then also take that... as you know, a step further, you've got these people in Canada or I don't know, like an ordain or whatever, like doing it on a much smaller scale. So I was kind of presented with this watch world from the off, which is hopefully meant now that I don't feel like I'm a, a watch snob as it was where I will only buy a watch that's over £10,000. Um, so that's where, it, that's where it began for me. Yeah. I think um, I've got a question for you guys, actually, if we're discussing like, is Switzerland still the best? watchmaking country and like i i take an issue with like the word best i think we need to define that because like is best like value for money is it accuracy on telling time is it like a coolness thing yeah so why don't we jump in to some kind of flagship international brands where you think okay they might not be best known but the quality of watchmaking is up there as the best because we've seen uh, a shift from the old guard of people like Vacheron and AP to other Swiss brands that have come out from you know, seemingly nowhere like Jean and Moser where collectors are going oh actually 200 years of history don't really matter anymore and that's then turned people's attention to brands all around the world so you might be thinking about obvious ones like Alangazona um, Grand Seiko those have been around for enough time for people to be familiar with them, but but more recently discovered brands like Maurice Grossman or Kudoke, Corona Tokyo, and um, like really fresh to watchmaking watchmakers like Felipe Pikulik. A lot of brands who aim for the best in terms of quality and complication. Those guys are now, you can take one of those, you can take a, a Maurice Grossman, put it next to a Patek Philippe, and in terms of quality, it's Maurice Grossman all day long. Does that, do you think that would serve as a good best? Um, well, I, I was just thinking then, it's like we're speaking about high horology stuff and like Roger Smith for me, I would just say that like a Roger Smith is better than 
in my opinion like any tudor any rolex so like we're saying this like better thing and and like maybe historically we have thought that that real like expensive luxury high horology stuff has to be swiss but like man roger smith come on yeah legend in the making recently sold a, a watch at auction for a, a a huge amount so congratulations to him but yeah if, if we're talking about best as in the peak of what is possible when it comes to the quality of watchmaking then I think Switzerland's got some very, very stiff competition. Um, and I would say as well that places like Germany and Japan, if you think about them culturally and there are fastidious attention to detail, you would perhaps associate them more closely with something like the anal pursuit that is making watches. Like the Japanese are nuts for detail. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's sort of people's perception of... Uh, the mindset and mentality and the work ethic of certain countries, I think, is all sort of wrapped up in that, how we view watches and where they come from as well. I also think it's like, it might be worth, and it's quite topical with Rolex and a few others, but it's like customer satisfaction, right, from buying a thing. And it's like, I feel when I'm buying Grand Seiko, I mean, I would live in the Grand Seiko watch factory like i saw that video recently of them doing a tour and i was like mate come on and i just feel like when you're getting a grand seiko you you feel a sense of like it's almost like a transition this sounds weird but like (laughs) this sounds very weird (laughs) a transition of like love from from someone to you (laughs) through a watch (laughs) with that when when you buy like a rolex or a tudor i mean like I love Tudor, but like, I just feel soulless and clinical and I'm like, hmm, it's like a one night stand and then the love's gone. But when you're buying something like that or like, yeah, also, or like a Halios from, um, or, or like, or even like Bremont and stuff, like, you know that a lot of time, dedication and like love and passion's gone into each of that. You think about Grand Seiko with, they take like 10 years to work on movements and stuff. You know that that is like real tangible passion and i don't feel like i get that passion out of many swiss brands anymore so like i think customer satisfaction and customer experience is actually really important when defining like the best company to be completely honest yeah Yeah. i was recently talking to the kodokes um uh husband and wife duo out in germany and uh stefan is like a, a master skeletonizer and makes these incredible watches and they, they do them for a, a really relatively affordable price as well for, for what you're getting uh, and they have the k2 which has a, a day night indicator that's hand engraved and so you get to look at a watch for the same price as a daytona if you can get one at rrp you get a watch where you think the person sat over this for several hours with a tool in their hand like a, a, a little metal gougy thing and just cut those lines out and they decided when enough was enough and when you know, not to go too far and what they wanted to do. And this one is slightly different to the one they did before. And then they had to go, all that work, I'm going to give it to someone else and and, and entrust someone else with it. And I know from, you know, when I create things and and you guys, you know, we're we're fairly creative people, Um, James, especially on the fairly creative side, (laughs) when you, you create something and you give it to someone else, you don't just go, okay, there you are, next customer, please. You sit there and you think, how's this person going to react to it? And I think that's yeah. what you're saying, James, is um, not to put words in your mouth, but you feel like you have a burden of responsibility to make sure you appreciate the thing that they've put effort into so they know that you respect it. Whereas yeah, Rolex, yeah. you kind of, they go, there you go, take it, get out. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like you, you could compare this maybe to like 
<laughs> you know, like when you you discover a band and you love it, and then all of a sudden that band turns out to be 1975, and they're like the biggest band in the world. And then the people that are like, I was there from the start, and you want to like claw back that sense of like exclusivity with them. I wonder whether like that's kind of what's happening in the watch world now because Switzerland is so big and so crazy, and it's actually like you know. I, this sounds quite naughty, but I almost get frustrated when I see someone at like an event or something that's got, I don't know, like a Daytona on or a Hulk, but they don't really know or care or appreciate it. <laughs> and I wonder whether like I, I'm like itching to get to get more out of Switzerland because I feel like it's kind of like sold out a bit and they, you know, everyone's got it. Maybe it's a bit of that, like, which sounds weird, but then like, you know, in contrast, Bel Canto, for example, I'm like, I love that. The people that, the people that know what that is are, are really part of this community and they appreciate it. I don't think you're going to have like a random person at like a F1 race somewhere with a Bel Canto on unless they know what it is. And I maybe I'm just becoming a snob. Maybe that's what it is. You have we we have seen the metamorphosis right here on the show <laughs> of James's elevation to true watch snob status. But yeah it's, yeah, it's a great calling card to know whether or not someone is truly into a product. It's like if they own a Ferrari, they might love Ferrari and be an absolute F1 fan, or they might be someone who likes fast red cars. Yeah. Whereas yeah. chances are someone who's bought a McLaren or a Morgan or something like that, they have spent many hours nerding over it on the internet. And they've gone, this is the one for me. I want to know everything about it. I want to meet the people who who make it. I want to just get everything out of this experience. Neither of them is wrong. Neither of them is yeah. wrong. Um, Tom, do you think that one experience is best suited to companies outside of Switzerland versus the other? Um, yeah, not necessarily. I think it is, I think like James was saying, that customer experience, There, I think there tends to be a, a direct correlation between a process that's quite cold and mechanical and highly mechanized and, you know, uh, automated. There's a correlation between that and the process of buying it. It's just like off the rack kind of experience. And it's not, there isn't that personable experience. Like you don't really feel the sense of blood, sweat and tears has gone into this as you would some micro brands or some of the, the, the higher end independents and stuff. But I don't think that that necessarily equates to Switzerland. I think it probably does more in our minds because they're the guys that have highly automated processes. But I think that's all it is, really. Um, I think Switzerland's more of like a label. It's like you slap Switzerland on it and it's kind of like a stamp of authenticity. Do you know what I mean? It's like if I, I, if I were to scrape together the money and go and record at Abbey Road and I'd, you know got paid Steve Albini to fly over and mix it or whatever. And then I could go, look, there you go. That I recorded this. At, this was recorded at Abbey Road with Steve Albini, but it's absolutely crap. But it's like those two, those two names attached to that product give it an air of like importance, doesn't it? And I think that's the same with Swiss watchmaking. But generally, that is the case that if you're going to be in Switzerland, they've got that rule, haven't they? This needs to have a certain amount of components and a certain amount of manufacture done in Switzerland to have that label. So they've kind of wrapped it up tight. So generally, what you're going to get quality, but it's whether or not you like the personable experience or not. I think, like Tom, you were, it could have been perceived there that you're saying that that actually the label is kind of like baseless and 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 not 
you know if you're comparing it to the abbey road stuff like a random person going there and it's just like oh well it's abbey road so it must be good i think that's a really interesting topic because it's like there then the question goes actually are there these things with you know like made in switzerland that are actually just a bit naff and like i don't know (laughs) yeah i think i think there probably is of of course there is you know that there is there is a, a finite amount that you have to a minimum that you have to achieve to have the swiss made as tom said and we all know there are plenty plenty of swiss brands out there that you buy the watch and it's fine i guess yeah but eh. but then we were talking about so i had a theory based on what you guys were saying is that switzerland is the big hub it's the center so you are more likely to get the masses who just want a watch that is well recognized fine but then also people who want something niche like an fp jean and the independent you're going to get all of that whereas out in the rest of the world you might then not have the well-established watchmakers because those countries aren't established enough. So you're only going to have the independence. But the real standout that contrasts this is Grand Seiko because being part of the Seiko group, they are enormous, but yet they've still managed to foster a sense of that community uh, and that exclusivity and and whatnot. One, I wonder how they've done that. And two, I I wonder how long it will last based on their growing popularity. James, you're a Grand Seiko fan. What do you think? I was just thinking then, I wonder whether it is solely for the fact that it's Japanese and like us, well, I, I'm obsessed with Japanese culture, their way of life, and I think we, we could learn a lot lot from them. I wonder whether Grand Seiko would be as successful if it wasn't Japanese, if it was like British, for example, but they're making exactly the same stuff, probably because the things are amazing, but I think you're kind of c- captured by the the magic of of Japanese watchmaking. Um, yeah, I, I I think that Grand Seiko in particular, the product is top tier. So I think I can't see Grand Seiko disappearing. I think the more people that get it on their wrist, bear in mind, they've only been international for what, like 10 years? Think about it. Like we're speaking about them now as, in, well, in my opinion, one of the best uh, watchmakers in the world. And th- they've only been sort of able to be purchased yeah 10 years outside outside of japan or whatever so it's like i think the more people that get them on their wrist are going to be like why why have we not been wearing these you know <laughs> for 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 20 20 30 years um but then you, someone might play devil's advocate and say well if there's as many grand seikos in the marketplace as there are say tudor for example are we going to run the risk of grand seiko shifting from that kind of like cult favorite uh watch collectors sort of like little secret to becoming an enormous thing around the world where people like us go to events and be like god there's 10 grand seikos in here i don't think so because i genuinely think their products are amazing and they you know they they trump tudor for example in my opinion you think what you get for the money but i just it's just an interesting thing i wonder whether it's just actually like a customer perception of the brand as opposed to the brand itself if that makes sense i think it really helps that japan has that beautiful landscape to be inspired by your your idea of a grand seiko in the uk is like a dial inspired by the roundabouts of milton Keynes. (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't quite have the same pop well, there you have it. International watches are really changing the way we look internationally. Duh. But it's great to see a lot of different watchmakers doing this sort of stuff. What do you think about it? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. Please do make sure to jump on all of the links in the description below to listen to all of James's music. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.